0: Man, Travis Davidson, doing four hours of radio is something else. Obviously, it's out of my comfort zone. By the way, for those of you just joining us, I am not Tyler McComas. I am Parker Thune. I am joined, however, by Travis Davidson from Ash Cigar Bar in Tulsa. Uh, obviously, I do three hours of radio every single day, Travis. When I get in a situation like this where schedules get shuffled around and we end up getting reassigned and I end up doing four for whatever the reason may be, half an hour into the show, I always find myself going, oh, my gosh, I don't know how I'm going to do this for another three and a half hours. Then by the time the final hour rolls around, I'm like, man, I could do this all night.
1: Job, yeah, no, I, I I couldn't agree more. It's, you know, four hours. I've done four hours the last two weeks now, and uh, it's, it's almost normal, I suppose. Uh, I, I guess I could, you know, do it again. But here, look, we get to talk about football, OU football at that, and, man, the text line has just been on fire. They do such a great job. Um, obviously, the Air Comfort Solutions text line, that's 405-651-3439. Engage with that. Um, you know, that, that that's really what drives this show along. So uh, it's after five on a Friday, so uh, congratulations to everybody that has made it to officially the weekend. You've done it um reward yourself by coming by ash cigar bar uh grabbing a drink grabbing a cigar uh what have you so uh or going out to see parker
0: that's right i'm at the turn grill at westwood park golf course right here in norman so if you're just getting off the clock and you're headed out for a quick nine or you feel like you can squeeze an 18 before it gets dark come on out have a meal at the turn grill hang out Fire your questions at me, either in person or on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. I don't discriminate. And uh, play around a round of golf here at Westwood Park Golf Course. Uh, Travis, I heard a crash and a bang behind you a couple of minutes ago in the background there at Ash Cigar Bar. You're not breaking things, are you?
1: Yeah, no, 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 no. So here at uh, here at Ash Cigar Bar, they have those very uh, convenient ashtrays where you could be sitting in one of these plush leather chairs. And it's a standing metal ashtray that just scoots up along next to you because so often, traditionally, you have an ashtray you have to set on a table. Well, that can take up a lot of table space. Maybe you have a, a, a cocktail or a beverage uh, on that table. So you can just kind of slide up that little ashtray alongside you. Well, there was, uh, there was somebody that had, had come here clearly Uh, from the airport, needed a cigar and a drink. The flight must have been extremely stressful. I've been there, I won't lie. Uh, But he rolled his luggage right out the door and clipped one of those standing ashtrays, and, yeah, it took a tumble. So, yeah, you know what? It's it's a party here at Ash Cigar Bar. You never know what will happen next.
0: Again, uh, Travis and I witnessed our bromance really come together. And really bloom during the coaching search week back in late stages of November, early stages of December, when we were doing OU Twitter spaces every day, sometimes multiple times a day, and just decompressing with all of you Sooner fans out there that were heartbroken by the decision, not so much heartbroken. Well, heartbroken for the program, not heartbroken by mule shoe, but incensed that what had gone down had gone down, and we're very, very eager to find out who uh, Oklahoma's next head coach was going to be. And so, look, when we're on the radio together, we do this thing Twitter space style. You got questions, you fire them at us on the Air Comfort Solutions text line, we will hit as many as we can reasonably get to in this last hour. And I want to throw a very tough question at you to start off this hour, Travis. And oh boy, it's oh boy, one that's oh been asked before. It's one that's we've probably talked about in some degree of detail. But the question from this listener up in the 918 is, with Jackson Arnold coming in next year and Dylan Gabriel at the helm, Is it possible we see Nick Evers fall into an Austin Kendall type of scenario? You know, I I, I don't believe so.
1: Uh, You know, there is a – and this is obviously hypothetical. We know Jackson Arnold is showing up. But there's no guarantee that Dylan Gabriel will be here past this year. Uh, I I also tend to believe that, you know, true freshmen, much like Nick Evers – that's why we brought in somebody to be QB two. I, I think it's a disservice to any true freshman to not be given their time to develop, to physically mature, to get the speed of the college game to where you're putting your best foot forward whenever you do get in that starting role. So I think we all saw it last year when it comes to when it came to Caleb Williams. We saw it in 2019 whenever uh, it was uh, it was Jalen Hurts at the helm, right? So, with that, it's, hey, we had to bring in Jalen uh, to play, you know, above Spencer. Spencer was the number one quarterback in the class. A lot of people would have said, oh, just just start the freshman, no big deal. With Caleb Williams last year, it could have been, oh, you know, just we're chanting for Caleb. We want Caleb. Well, yeah, Caleb had that iconic Texas comeback, but then he went 3-2 and two as a starter with losses against the only two teams that were ranked that, we, that he played we also struggled against Kansas to score, so not to say that he doesn't have a high ceiling, but he definitely could have benefited from not being shoved into that starter role as a true freshman. Uh, so while it's certainly possible that Nick Evers ends up in, in a bit of an Austin Kendall situation, uh, I, I don't think I don't think Jackson Arnold is just a shoe in to say, hey, you know what, you get here, freshman, you're gonna play. Or in this case sophomore, true sophomore type, you're going to play right away. You know, this it's a new phenomenon and I think we can thank guys like Trevor Lawrence uh, that kind of started this. But you come in as a true freshman or even second year, sometimes, you know, you got to wait two or three years for your turn. And 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 that's what we're seeing all across the country. We see it at at countless schools. So, while again, while it could be possible, I don't think it's necessarily probable, but it is a it is a very good question. Again, from the 918, I would expect nothing less.
0: Gunny of Stutzman Army says on the text line if that did happen, I'd hope it would be more of a Paul Thompson situation. And here's what I can say about the hypothetical situation that that particular listener posited. If there arose a circumstance in which Jackson Arnold shows up to campus and supplants Nick Evers on the depth chart, I don't think Nick Evers is going to bounce to the transfer portal first chance he gets. I I think that's going to become a very common theme with the players that Brent Venables recruits in general. Because one of the things about establishing your culture is you have to, especially with what Brent Venables is trying to do at Oklahoma, this program in the years to come, is going to be built upon the backs of team-oriented guys, team-first guys, not me-first guys. And here's what I know about Nick Evers. Nick Evers loves the University of Oklahoma. Nick Evers' family loves the University of Oklahoma. They committed to the University of Oklahoma for a lot more than just the opportunity to play quarterback at the University of Oklahoma. It was the experience of being a Sooner. It was the sole mission. It was everything that comes along with being one of the building blocks in Venable's program. And so, if Jackson Arnold supplants Nick Evers at some point in time, what I don't think you're going to see is you're not going to see Nick Evers throw a hissy fit and decide, you know what, I'm going to go somewhere where I can play. Now, at a certain point, there may come a time where a kid like that does have to transfer for his own good. Right? He may realize that his clock is ticking and he needs to go somewhere and put some tape up if he wants to have an opportunity to jump to the next level but much like paul thompson did i think if that circumstance were to arise nick evers would be content to bet on himself and sometimes betting on yourself means being content in this in the spot that you're in you saw this most recently with mac jones at alabama All right, mac jones was never expected to be the starter at Alabama Mac Jones came to Alabama in the same class as Tua Tungvaloa a year behind Jalen Hurts if you told anybody at Alabama circa January of 2018 that Mac Jones was ever going to play a meaningful snap at Alabama they'd have probably laughed you out of the building and yet one thing leads to another Alabama has a need they need somebody to step in and be the leader of that program at the quarterback position. That's what Mac Jones did. He ended up a Heisman finalist. He ended up winning a national championship. And so, just because there e- there isn't an obviously perceptible path to you being the starter doesn't mean that you need a change of scenery. And I think there is a perceptible path for Nick Evers to be the starter i think next year is his window to make a move particularly if dylan gabriel decides as many expect him to do uh that he can take what he's done at the collegiate level and file his resume away hand it to the nfl scouts and try to earn a draft grade next year if that happens evers has as good and as fair of a chance as anybody to be the sooners week one starter in 2023 so Nothing is going to be handed to the kid, but nothing's going to be handed to anybody at the University of Oklahoma. We've heard Brent Venables say this time and time again, the only thing I promise to any of my players is that the second they're committed, I'm trying to recruit over them. And that's hardball from your head coach. But that's the mentality that you have to cultivate as a program is, hey, you know what? Nobody's job is ever secure because there's somebody right behind you that's working to overtake you. And if you're not at the top of your game, and you're slacking off there will be somebody that is ready to take your place and i will not hesitate to allow them to take your place
1: right i mean you look at last year's georgia team i mean they won a national title with stetson bennett do you think anybody you know thought at the beginning of the season you know especially with jt daniels on the roster is kind of their their you know assumed starter when it came to you know the you know the, the preview magazines and whatnot no, and then they won a national title. You know they have Brock Vandegrift on the roster as well. Uh, you know, same guy obviously once committed to OU, uh, ended up decommitting. Then we got Caleb Williams. You all remember how that saga played out. It's not always as cut and dry as Parker uh, laid out beautifully just there. It's not always as cut and dry as just okay, you get there, you know, you you sit a year or whatever, and then you play. Boom, next guy gets there, sits a year. Like it's 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 just it rarely goes along that extremely clean cut, planned out path, because you're dealing with humans, you're dealing with bodies that break that do I mean, it's there's so many factors. So while again, while that's a possibility, there, there, are, there are hundreds of, of possibilities that could make it go a different way.
0: Got a very interesting question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line having to do specifically with the defensive side of the football. So coming up here as the rush rolls on, I want to flip sides and I want to reorient ourselves uh, here on the show and discuss the defense and specifically the defensive front for Oklahoma in 2022 a group that's going to be revamped both in terms of personnel and in terms of coaching so we will dive into that question and much more on the other side of the break Parker Thune Travis Davidson here with you the final hour of the Friday Rush you are listening to the ref we're the home of Sooner fans keep it here it down here on the Friday Rush Parker Thune and Travis Davidson I'm at the Turn Grill at Westwood Park Golf Course here in Norman. Travis, as he is every Friday, up at Salsa at Ash Cigar Bar. The Air Comfort Solutions text line is blowing up, and we want to keep things interactive over the course of this last hour. So, you got questions? Fire them at us. We'll hit as many as we can. And uh, Travis. I, 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 you know, you know the answer to this one as well as I do. So I will give you the question. You give me the answer. One listener asks, "What happened with O.U. and Nicholas Harbor?"
1: Uh, I mean, it. When Lincoln left, that pretty much closed the door on Nicholas Harbor. From from my understanding, um, I would love to be back in that. Uh, but that was a guy that. I mean, he, I think he's silent. If I have it right, didn't he silent to, like, three different schools or something like that? I'm, I'm pretty sure early in the um, – I think it was last October, if I'm remembering correctly. I think it was last October where it was like, oh, man, Nicholas Harbors, you know, I think he's silent at OU. But then you started hearing it from other places. It seemed like that was a kid that was telling a lot of people – uh, that he was with them. That I mean, we've seen that in this class, even with a couple of other people. Um, I, I believe that's what happened about last October. Uh, am I right on that, Parker?
0: I think. Th- I think who you're thinking of is Azariah Thomas, because he was the one where he actually oh, he yeah, did yeah, silent. Yeah, sorry, commit- I got them mixed up. Yeah. yeah so he was, silent committed I, I to Oklahoma. I, I, he silent committed to LSU. He silent committed to Florida. He ended up signing with Florida State. If I'm not mistaken, but yeah, that was a wild situation. Ooh, man! Harbor though, it yeah, yeah, and it it had less to he, do. He drew
1: the short. St- he, and drew, he drew the short straw on that one.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a dumpster fire down there in Tallahassee. It's an unfortunate situation too, because half my family is Florida State fans. I like to see Florida State do well, but man, are they in a miserable spot right now. Um, as far as Nicholas Harbor is concerned. That actually had it had less to do with Lincoln Riley leaving as it had to do with the departure of Jamar Kane. And we have talked ad nauseum about the impact that Kane's departure had on the Sooners recruiting efforts. Look, the Sooners were going to end up with Marvin Jones if Jamar Kane had been retained. Now, you look at where the Sooners are at today, recruiting under Miguel Chavis, and you conclude, okay, there isn't a huge drop-off. There may not even be a perceptible drop-off from Jamar Cain to Miguel Chavis in terms of recruiting acumen. But, man, wouldn't it have been nice to have Marvin Jones? And I'm very convinced that if Jamar Cain had stuck around, Oklahoma would have ultimately closed on Nicholas Harbor oh, as well. So,
1: Yeah, I, I think you look at guys like Nicholas Harbor, Marvin Jones, uh, Derek Moore uh, obviously being uh, in that St. Francis Academy where where Cain just – I mean, he, he set up shop. He might have an office at St. Francis for all we know, but – yeah, Kane was was a heck of a recruiter. There's no doubt about that. But yeah, I think uh I think yeah, I definitely mixed up uh, the different kids. I mean, obviously I know Nicholas Harbor, the freak athlete. Um, you know, he he was he was the one that had pictures in OU track gear on his visit and looked like he had been sculpted instead of actually born and grown. Uh, really impressive athlete, but yeah, yeah, Jamara Jamar could definitely recruit. There's no doubt about it. But, again, Miguel Chavis, like you said, not much of a drop-off, if any, because uh, Chavis, as part of the salt and pepper duo, as they've uh, called themselves, uh, yeah, is knocking it out of the park.
0: One listener says on the text line, y'all both have nice voices. I could listen to y'all talk all day. Very soothing. Sorry for being a creep. Well, listener, I, I must admit, first off, very much appreciate that. I must admit I'm less creeped out by that text as I was by the text earlier in the week when you said I'd like to hire Parker to come cook for me. So if there is a creepy text this week, it would probably be that one but uh, no I, I agree Travis Davidson in particular does have a very soothing voice and he's in a very soothing environment at Ash cigar bar up in Tulsa so we'd like to keep this we're, we're, we're on our fireside chat vibes here
1: yeah yeah I yeah I appreciate the uh, the text I, we got a sarcastic one on my first day that uh, I was a young James Earl Jones uh, but you know the, the the you know the joke you always get whenever you say you're on radio is Oh boy! Well, you've certainly got a face for radio. Uh, yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah, I've, I've been uh, been been told that multiple times, and I tell you what, it just it's hilarious every time. So keep those coming.
0: Okay, the text that I really wanted to get to this segment. Let's unpack it. Uh, this listener has texted this question multiple times, and I I've seen it, listener. So just know I wasn't ignoring you. Uh, Just wanted to circle back around to it at a certain point where we had the opportunity to unpack it in some detail. This listener asks, so will we see a change from the last few years where teams were guaranteed a first down on third and short or fourth and short? There was never hesitation for the opposition to go for it on fourth and short. No one feared OU, and they knew OU couldn't handle a physical run game when there was only a yard or two needed to gain. Thoughts, Travis Davidson. Um,
1: trying to find... I was trying to read along on the text. Uh, Run it by me one more time.
0: Sorry. You're good. You're good. So will we see a change from the last few years where teams were guaranteed a first down on third and short or fourth and short? There was never hesitation for the opposition to go for it on fourth and short. No one feared OU, and they knew OU couldn't handle a physical run game when there was only a yard or two needed to gain.
1: Yeah, I mean... Goodness gracious. I mean, I talked about this yesterday when I was on the Plank show with Josh Helmer. It's, I believe that this defense will put more fear into the opponents uh, across the board. I mean, when you've got guys like Jeffrey Johnson in the middle, I mean, a guy the size of Isaiah Coe, I understand Isaiah Coe was on the team last year, but getting that push, getting what Jordan Kelly was saying, hey, look, you know, we used to have four plays. Now we've got 20. We've got all kinds of different, like, it's actually being coached up and developed, everything like that. I I think you see way less people go for it on fourth down because I was in that same vein. I was, in that, uh, I was in that, you know, fourth down. Oh, here they go again. And the problem with it was, oh, boy, here they're going for it on fourth down. And I would, too, because you're probably going to pick it up. I'd go it on fourth and two, fourth and three. I mean, we saw some egregious – attempts in short-yarded situations. And when I say egregious, egregious for Sooner teams of the past, certainly the team's under stoops. But, yeah, it was – and that's the problem, what it does to your mentality, much like how I brought up the OU offensive lines mentality and the confidence of blowing people off the ball, of picking up those short yardage situations and what that can do for a team and an offense. Um, you know, similarly, what that can do to a defense – if you got guys that are lining up and, and picking up fourth and one, you think you're getting off the field. And all of a sudden, nope, back on out there, fresh set of downs. Uh, yeah, it can be absolutely demoralizing. So, uh, yeah, I think that absolutely changes under this staff.
0: Travis, you're going to have to carry this show for the last half hour because I'm officially retiring. Uh, I've peaked as a journalist and as a radio host, and I'm calling it quits. We got a text on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that reads, and I quote: "Parker reminds me of Morgan Freeman." So that's it for me. I'm going to be submitting my resume to it. the Oklahoma Broadcasting Hall of Fame, and uh, I'm going to go it, play around of golf here at Westwood Park. So you're you're flying solo for the last half hour.
1: Man, I, I, I. I couldn't be happier for you, man. I know this is everything you'd ever dreamed of. Um, whenever you, uh, whenever you g- go to the Hall of Fame, can I be the one that presents you at your ceremony? Maybe. Can you give me that? By all because means, I'm here. also. I was here. I watched yes, You it. Were. I feel like I feel like I got front row seats to you know Jordan Game Six type situation going on over here. Listen, oh, you
0: contributed. You contributed to my legacy. I'm not only going to allow you to be there, I'm actually going to have you cater the meal at the induction. So,
1: <laughs> I'll be cooking steaks. You know it. You know it. And I know. It, Come on. Luckily, you me up one of those in great tomahawks. detail. Oh, yeah. You Absolutely. Oh, that cracks me up. But I might take offense to it because maybe it's just that it's in contrast to my voice that's making you sound like Morgan Freeman. So, Ooh, I don't know. I don't know. I may have to rethink it. I may have to rethink it. But either way, if I get you into the Hall of Fame, I will gladly fall on that sword for you. So, uh so yeah, congratulations, buddy. Um let's All see. Right. We've got uh Brandon Drum told us that we have faces for radio. Very funny, buddy.
0: Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, well, Brandon's Brandon's one of those that has uh face for any platform radio tv he's a multimedia uh, mogul so i uh i very much do have a face for radio as do you travis it's public knowledge it's just something we've reconciled with and that's why we sit here with y'all for four hours on a friday to just talk about ou football because uh, Lord knows we couldn't do it on television. So uh, as we continue here on the Ref Sports Radio Network, we're going to hit a quick break uh, when we come back. Uh, we got a half hour left to talk all things OU football and recruiting. So, again, keep pumping the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Throw your questions at us. We'll hit as many as we possibly can. As the rush rolls on here in hour number four, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. You're listening to the Ref Sports Radio Network. We're the home of Sooner fans. Back with you here on our For the Rush. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson. Straight back to the Air Comfort Solutions text line we go. Uh, one listener simply says, this is terrible radio. Well, I've got good news for you, listener. There are at least a couple stations that are just a turn of the dial away that will be happy to preach the gospel of the Oklahoma City Thunder to you. But in the meantime, we're going to keep rolling along with Fall Camp Talk uh, from Norman, America. We're going to keep talking Sooners with, with, so. as well.
1: With a quick scroll, uh, he has hit us with other, uh, he or she, I should say, uh, has hit us with some other gems, such as uh, BV is a clown. Uh, wake up, he's not going to win a natty. Texas blows out OU. Um, yeah, uh, OU recruiting is always a bridesmaid. No NIL money. BV honeymoon is over. Venables can't close deals. Yeah, I uh, the track record is... Uh, is not in the favor of them but um, we've got another interesting text uh, that I think is uh, good for some discussion can you guys this is from the 405 um, can you guys rank our current running back room best to worst what you like and expect from each this season I feel like we're deeper than we have been for some time at running back what say you that is a phenomenal question insider. Yeah, it's a great question. <laughs> Two four seven reporter Parker Thune, as your uh, as your intro says, what do you think?
0: Man, it's 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 so fluid, and it'll continue to be fluid over the course of the next three weeks because when they finished up spring ball, I would have said Javante Barnes. If he isn't number one on that depth chart, he will be by the time the season opener rolls around. Well, Javante Barnes has been banged up thus far. Uh, in fall camp, and so he hasn't had the chance to show out as much so as Eric Gray, Marcus Major, Gavin Sawchuk, as well, and then you throw in a couple of walk-ons and Tawi Walker and Bentavius Thompson. Those are two guys that have the potential to contribute as well. So, to be honest, I think you are splitting hairs right now. If I had to rank them right now today, I would honestly say Gray one. Barnes 2, Sawchuck 3, Major 4. I think Sawchuck is very intriguing as a player. And I wouldn't have guessed that this would be the case heading into fall camp. Like two months ago, I would not have even approached this as a possibility. I think there's a good chance that Gavin Sawchuck pushes for a lot more action in year one than a lot of folks are banking on. Because the question with him was always, is he going to be physically ready? as a true freshman and he looks the part Travis Davidson that man looks the part he's put on good weight he's taller he looks like the type of player that is poised to have an impact in year one here's what I can say about the running back room right now though you're gonna have to earn your keep and if you don't there's somebody behind you. There is more quality depth, and there's going to be more healthy competition in that running back room than maybe at any other single position group across the Oklahoma roster. There is a lot of talent in that Sooner backfield.
1: Yeah, and and the amount of carries gives you versatility, uh, is what I feel. Is if we've got you know four running backs that uh, you know warrant big time carries, then I think you'll have at least four running backs with 50 plus carries I mean that's a that's a decent you know workload so uh, that that's what I'll keep an eye on is say you've got three that you're really comfortable with going out there with then it might be a split that looks more like again 150 110 and 70 as far as the uh, carries go Um, but I don't think it's going to be a situation where we were leaning so heavily on Kennedy Brooks last year with close to 200 carries. Um, but yeah, it's, it's deep. And I think, you know, to your point, Gavin saw Chuck when he, he showed up a little bit, you know, later in the year with the, with the normal, you know, old school type schedule. And a lot of people thought, okay, he's going to need to, to, to get some weight on him to get this, that well, he's from all accounts looked really good so far and nobody can question his speed that is a uh, I believe state champion in the 60 I believe it is uh, out of Colorado that's a guy who broke Christian McCaffrey's records state records uh, Colorado um, that had been standing for well since Christian McCaffrey was was, uh, was in high school uh, but a lot of talent and and to their point we are deep super deep uh, in that room and it seemed like every time you'd opened the old Twitter app, there was another guy showing up. Heck, Ben Tavius showed up, and he somehow flew under the radar until we started seeing him in pictures. And people thought, wait, who's that? That guy could play, you know? Uh, you know, Tawee Walker, uh, I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, it's We've got a lot of talent there. I think Eric Gray is poised to have a big year, mainly because I think he's going to catch the ball out of the backfield a ton. Uh, but uh, I, I, I think that he is going to be dynamic. He's shown to be a leader in that room, a vocal leader so far from what we've been hearing out of camp. Uh, but if you were to rank the depth chart right now, give me your give me your top four. What you think the... How about this? The season-ending depth chart. What do you think our depth chart is in the last game of the season? Assuming everybody stays healthy. All of these things have the caveat of assuming people stay healthy. So give me... Give me your depth chart going into the last week of the
0: season, Parker. I would say, look, I have been the president of the Javante Barnes fan club for a long, long time, and I'm going to ride or die with my guy. I think he's number one on the depth chart by the end of the year. I think that shuffles Eric Gray back to number two. I'll say Sawchuk is three, and Marcus Major is four. The big wild card to me is Tawi Walker because that's a guy – that is good enough to supplant a couple of scholarship players if things break his way and if he continues to build upon the momentum that he garnered over the course of the second half of spring ball. So I'm intrigued by Walker. I'm just not convinced that unless he is all that and he leaves Jeff Lebby and DeMarco Murray no choice but to give him some snaps, I'm not convinced that they're going to disadvantage one of their scholarship guys in favor of Tawi Walker. We'll see, though. Now, uh, next question on the Air Comfort Solutions text line. With what we know currently about the team, who do you think leads Oklahoma in tackles and in sacks at season's end? What say you, Travis?
1: Ooh. Ooh. Uh, I'll take – I will take one part of the question. I am all in on Marcus Stripling leading the team in sacks. Ethan Downs, I think, is second, so uh, that's a little a bonus right there. I'll give you the top two in sacks that I think. But I think Stripling has really, really had a good summer, uh, changing his body, uh, really getting into the playbook, really taking to Chavis well. Uh, I think that guy is a guy that ends up with uh, nine sacks, and that's the leader.
0: Okay. You got a. You got any idea as to who leads the team in tackles?
1: Oh, I was just going to take one part of the question since there were two of us. Um, but oh, no, no no, uh, no, no, no. Go ahead. Tackles. I'll, I'll get, answer both give, halves to Give me, give me Deshaun White. Um, give me Deshaun White simply because I know we get caught up in the, and I think this is probably because I'm I'm so. In, so focused on recruiting all the time, I think we get caught up in the oh man, what's what's Jaron Kenack look like? What's what's uh, kobe McKenzie look like? What's Kip Lewis look like? What's what are the younger guys that you know the Stutzmans and studsman is a stud. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't be shocked to see uh, a guy like him, uh, you know, be in those ranks as well. But uh, give me Deshaun White. I think he's going to have a massive year, and I think that he's kind of flown under the radar because of some of the other kind of new names that we're trying to figure out, um, you know, what they're going to be like, whether it be transfers or or new recruits. I think Deshaun White's flown under the radar a bit, but I think he's going to have a big year.
0: My answer to this question consists of the duo of Captain America and the Winter Soldier. Danny Stutzman leads the team in tackles. Ethan Downs leads the team in sacks. That is my final answer. And I am on record as early as last December saying that Ethan Downs is going to be an all-Big 12 player in 2022, and I fully believe that. That is where I stand on the matter.
1: Okay, okay. I like it, you know, I like it. And it's – I'll tell you what, it's a good thing that, you know, we've got some different answers because that means – we got depth. We got a lot of talent, and I don't think anybody questions that. Um, I I did bring up the idea with Tyler, and I think this is going to be something fun to do. Um, that we, uh, because I'll be joining you guys on Wednesdays um, coming up here shortly, so it'll be the uh, um, you know the three best friends that anyone could have, and I'd love to put a preseason prediction board up that has these kind of things: who leads the team in tackles, who oh, are going sacks, do and and all of us keep it in studio. Update it. We can do weekly ones on Wednesdays, but we have the overarching full season prediction board that we can really hold ourselves accountable against um, throughout the season. So that's what I want to do. I look forward to doing it on Wednesdays with you guys whenever I make the switch over from Fridays to Wednesdays during the season. Uh, but I think that ought to be a lot of fun.
0: All right, we got one segment to go here on this installment of the Friday Rush. So when we come back, going to go rapid fire, man. We got a lot of texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that we haven't yet gotten to. We are going to get to as many as we can on the other side as we wrap up the show. Parker Thune, Travis Davidson taking you home next. This is the ref, Home Sooner fans. All right, we got a lot of texts on the Air Comfort Solutions text line that we got to try and hit with this last segment. You're listening to The Rush, Parker Thune, Travis Davidson here with you on the ref, Home Sooner fans. Travis, let's jump right in. One listener asks, I've heard nothing much about Kelvin Gilliam. He had a lot of hype coming in. How is he coming along, adding any weight and strength, any potential playing time?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, he's put on good weight. He's, he's retained his athleticism. And, again, I think this is kind of where I got into it with the linebackers, right? Um, it was all about, um, you know, being excited about new players um, and 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 Kelvin Gilliam's one of those guys where I'm certainly excited about him, but he's he's still very young, you know. Uh, it, it's kind of where people are talking about that and heard much about Jaron Kennick during camp. It's because he's very young. Like it's okay to give these guys a couple of years. I mean, look at Kenneth Murray. I think he's a great example. I mean, he he wasn't really a name that popped early. Well, that man's a first round draft pick at linebacker when our defense wasn't even. You know, statistically, that fantastic. So, I think Kel Gilliam's going to have an impact this year. I think he is a force. He's got a ton of athleticism, a ton of just talent. Um, was a Gatorade player of the year uh, coming out of high school. Um, and, uh, and, and yeah, for those of you that follow me on Twitter and see my replies to any OU news, he's still got my favorite commitment video ever with the Boomer Sooner, baby. So, uh, yeah I'm big Kelvin Gilliam jr guy uh, think he's gonna have an impact this year for sure what what say you Parker
0: well my favorite commit video will always be Jacob sexton's that one has a special place in my heart uh chase in Orange County asks if you guys were to pick an MVP of the defense at year's end who would it be and why hmm
1: this that's that's a good question because here's the thing it's it, I guess the I guess my answer has to do with if the defense is fantastic, who would be the defensive MVP? You know what I mean? Like, if it's kind of like if you're, you know, if a safety leads you in tackles or something like that, like, why is the ball getting to the safety all of the time? You know, kind of one of those. Uh, You know, I I think defensive MVP if Justin Harrington could could really put it together at the cheetah position and that, you know, he can even, and again, I, I don't want to compare everybody to Isaiah Simmons because Isaiah Simmons, that's a very high bar to set for people. But we saw what kind of impact the cheetah position can have when Venable's defense is really cooking. When it is cooking on, you know, when it's firing on all cylinders, that cheetah position is an absolute game changer. And if, it, if it's a game changer for a couple of games, then it's a season changer. So uh, give me the cheetah position if it is fulfilled to its entirety or close to it by Justin Harrington. I know that's a that could be considered a hot take, uh, but uh,
0: what do you think, Parker? I think if you're going to have solid defensive play across the board in 2022, it's got to start up front. And for that reason, I think if Oklahoma's defense is elite, your team MVP is probably going to come from the front four. Maybe that's a guy like Jalen Redmond. Maybe that's Ethan Downs. I don't know. But I think Redmond and Downs are probably the two guys that I look at as uh, dudes that have the highest physical ceiling and the highest productive ceiling. So I would say if we look back on this 2022 season and say – Jalen Redmond's your defensive MVP or Ethan Downs is your defensive MVP, that probably means the Sooners had a really, really good year on the defensive side of the football. Another listener asks, Who will be our O. C. next year? I think Levy is leaving. Well, I'll just I'll just leave it at this. I don't think he's leaving. And I think Jeff Levy is in a situation where he can let the market come to him and he doesn't have to jump at the first head coaching job that comes his way. He can wait on a really, really good opportunity. And I think that will come in time for Jeff Levy. I think he's – you also have to consider the fact that he's back at his alma mater making upwards of $2 million a year. So Jeff Levy isn't in a hurry to find out what the next thing is.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you on that, Parker, uh, wholeheartedly. Uh, I I think if there's a head coach – to play under uh, that really can drive home the idea of waiting on your dream job, the idea of not just jumping at you know if if Purdue offers Jeff Levy a head coaching position, you know what's 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 the better gig, head coach at Purdue uh, where you're trying to go 500 or offensive coordinator uh, at Oklahoma when you're still young, making like you said couple million bucks a year you don't have that pressure necessarily and i'm not saying that jeff uh, that jeff levy's afraid of pressure by any means but you don't have that added pressure of being a head coach knowing that you could you could be offensive coordinator for years at uh, at oklahoma i mean you look at some of our longest longer tenured uh, offensive coordinators if you go and coach somewhere that isn't really built for success you could be out of a job in in three or four years Heck, if you go to Texas, you might, you might be out of a job in three years. So it's, it, it's one of those things. I think he's in a good position to be in charge of the offense because keep in mind, in Jeff Levy's career, he has had to answer the question of, uh, was it really Heibel or was it him? Okay, was it was it really Lane Kiffin or was it him? I think that this is an opportunity for him with a defensive-minded head coach to really leave beyond a shadow of a doubt that the offense is truly his And I think he will relish in that a little bit just based on, again, some of the conversations that have surrounded his last couple stops.
0: All right, that's it for The Rush on this Friday. Great stuff, Travis. Up in Tulsa at Ash Cigar Bar, I'm out here at Westwood Park Golf Course. Come play 9, come play 18. We'll see you on Monday. That's it. K-Ref, Sooner fans, keep it here.